Welcome to the Red Pill Training Podcast, brought to you by James Jowsey Training, 3D Physiotherapy, and the Mansfield Sports Institute. Gemma, James, and Phil, delivering topical podcasts on fitness, nutrition, health, lifestyle, training, and sports. So I went into with a friend. I asked my friend if he'd like a pint of sodium. He said, nah. Phil, just a chemistry joke is no reaction. We can stage it. Uh, what is orange and sound like a parrot? Go on. Let's not. Let's, should, we, should we talk about something uh, relevant? Well, I mean, we can talk about mountaineering, and that's okay up until a point. I think this is starting. Jazz is I mean, I can't top any of that, but what I'd like to know today is I'm interested in your guys' experience on the more common CrossFit injuries and what we should be doing in terms of helping programming or stopping them or trying to stop them. That's the idea. Now, Jarrod, you're doing lots of CrossFit. We're doing lots of programming CrossFit. So starting with you, what do you see mostly? Or what are the most common things you see? Or reoccurring injuries, I guess. Um, if there is any, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the three, three, four. I mean, the thing with CrossFit is it leaves no part of the body untested. So it's not like swimming, where you know you're going to get a shoulder problem, running, where you're probably going to have more knee, foot, hip. Um, yeah, there's upper body tested, lower body tested. So it, everything is open to injury. Um, Classics are the knees, um, knees, lower back, shoulder, stroke, elbow. So four, really. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything. Oh, okay. um, and that's not because you know, I say it's not because there's anything uh, particularly wrong with CrossFit. No. It's, it's a sport. It works everything. We um, said it in previous podcasts. Like we're challenging our bodies. We're gonna. And the positive thing about CrossFit is it is that whole, it, it does test everything, doesn't it? But you do. Yeah. And you are going to get injuries everywhere. It's yeah. just interesting if, obviously we work in different disciplines, but if there is something that commonly sort of comes up. Yeah. But, I mean, you've named pretty much every joint there. So, yeah. Phil, anything to... No, not necessarily on the injury side of things because I think the reason you see such a vast array of injuries in CrossFit is because, as, as Jav says, you are using your entire body, which is its strength, uh, which is the strength of CrossFit rather than a negative thing, yeah. I think. Well, I think, I mean, coming into it, you, you certainly have perhaps where... I think CrossFit do a wonderful job of defining it, but I think where it's very important as the coaches define, there is a difference between the recreation and the sport. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. I think I think that you know I'm a rugby player, and an old rugby player, and cricketer, and golf, and played all sorts of sports, and I've got the scar tissues and the and the scars and the wear and tear from playing my sports. And if CrossFit is your sport, 
to a certain extent that the due process of playing your sport is the injuries that come with it. You know, that's part of the sport, the surgeries. You know, no one really looks twice or looks again at a football player with an ACL reconstruction or a, or a rugby player that gets knocked out or, a, you know, or a cricketer with low back rotational issues. And so the same goes for CrossFit. Why, why is that? It shouldn't be deemed for me as unsafe because it is a sport. I think the, 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 the important distinction is between it's my first time I'm going to, I'm, I'm a recreational runner or I'm a marathon runner. There are different things there. I'm a recreational crossfitter or I'm a, I'm a crossfitter for sport. And I think they do a good job. I think it's very, um, I think it's very, the, the coaching I've seen, I've been involved in, I've been lucky enough to, to see some of the boxing. I think they do a great job. But I think that's the important distinction. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a, a bit of a misconception, or perhaps there was when the, it, maybe the, the sport was becoming a bit more popular initially. Uh, particularly in my role as a physio, um, was that you got a lot of you got a lot of injuries, and I do think that is a misconception. I do think that, like you said, it is a sport. People get injured, um, and it's just what we do to try and change that misconception, or how we try and sort of address that. Um, in terms of in terms of sort of um, improving or trying to program for our athletes or program for the recreational crossfit yeah. how do we how do we help how do we help our coaches i think coaches like crossfit has what we like crossfit is so widely exposed now i say we everyone sees You've got someone who's never seen CrossFit now, or oh, sorry, has been exposed to CrossFit now or have seen it on the internet and they see the sport element. Yeah. And it has been, uh, yeah, it did, not CrossFit lost its way, like, because that wasn't income from from headquarters, that, that CrossFit in their community environment across, across the world became very obsessed with the sport of it and the technicality and, yeah, and competing, competing. And what CrossFit is is going back to and trying to re-establish is look, this is for people to have be able to do multiple skills, have multiple areas of, of broad broad fitness, do what we call general physical preparedness (GPP) programming. Can they do? Can they pull themselves up in a bar? Can they push themselves off the floor? Can they lift some weight? Can they move some weight? With heart rates of different intensities across different time domains, like, and that's, I say, it got lost, and you had programming within gyms that was that then maybe put in high complex movements within within the workouts when they weren't necessarily the people weren't necessarily ready for it. The scaling wasn't there, but I think the the education of the coaches now what's what's been driven from uh, people within the industry, uh, within CrossFit is, look, look, here's how you scale. Um, and that, that's an important, the real important factor is is knowing that, right, this person's just come in through the door, where am I starting them? Yeah. Like, what, what level do we begin on? I've got a question. I was asked um, recently about the RXs on the board. What do you think about that in terms of, 
when someone comes in and they've got the RX on the board, psychologically, how do you think that impacts people? Uh, yeah, in a lot of ways. Like, that, there is... A, thing is, is people are people. Like, yeah. the one thing we can't change yeah. is people. Like, and they're so varied. And I could have been to so many boxes and visited so many different places. And the coaches are doing their absolute best yeah. to teach everybody as well as they can. And there's that there's that person in the gym and you know like people will be thinking about that person right now when I say the next sentence I think I've been that person so uh, yeah it's like put the weight down keep your chest up like, and you're just saying the coach is giving them the trying to keep them safe for the whole time and they do it week on week but they just want to hit the workout at the RX with the heavier weights as fast as possible, them being at the top of the board is the yeah. most important thing, regardless. And they'll just cheat to do whatever they can. But they they exist like, and there's not a gym that hasn't got one. No. And but there are bad football players. There are people who yeah. play yeah. exactly yeah. terribly. It's... There are bad rugby players. There are bad runners. There are people who still go out and play on the weekend, yeah. and you know. The weekend warriors that... Yeah, but there are, yeah. there are cyclists that ride six hours on the weekend that just do that once a week. No, there are people who... who and that's the, the distinction, again, between training and sport. You know, if, if you're seeing it as a sport and that competitive element is what's getting you there, I'm not by any means saying it's right. No. <laughs> they're lifting wrong, but they're just not as good as the others. Um and, you know, in, in rugby or whatever, we've got the advantage and we just wouldn't pick them. <laughs> you know, they get to sit on the bench. You know, yeah. and when we're 20 points up, they get the last five minutes and, and that's fine. You can't necessarily do that in CrossFit. So yeah. the coaches do have a, a responsibility to go over. Once you've said three or four times, look, John, you know, you're, 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 <laughs> you know, you're, you're not, you know, this isn't for you. You shouldn't be doing it. You, you, you end up with that. You know, with that whole doping argument, do you keep them out of the gym? They're just going to go down to the next one and do it anyway. Uh, so, so I don't know. I, I think stop. I think it's dangerous to stop people viewing it as a sport if that's what drives them and, and gives their passion. Um, well, I mean, well, well, there, there is no differentiation, though, is there? Because you've got like what we're saying there. Like, where does where is football a sport versus recreational? Yeah. Like, because whatever level it is, there's an element of competition. So you are. I might not be playing in the Premier League, but I'm playing in the local Saturday League. Yeah. It's not the same intensity. It's not. It's still a sport. So where is the difference in a workout? It is just his. I think it's how much you're pushing yourself. Is probably that. I think it's because it's the gym. And that's the thing. Is like in theory, in theory, the gym is supposed to be healthy for us. Like that's what it is. It's the fitness and it's health and fitness. Uh, oh my god. Yeah, that thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, I get it. Health and fitness industry. That's the words of it, industry. Uh, so it's the health and fitness industry, and therefore we should be promoting people that don't get injured. But like like we said at the beginning, like regardless of the, the effort that you put in... You get recurrent that there is going to be... Yeah. There is going to be... Uh, I mean, you know, you, we, we get injured, we go for a kickabout. You know, yeah. you and I are very good at just putting on a pair of shorts and a T-shirt, going yeah. over the field and kicking the ball with each other. And that is... And is that sport or is that recreation or where's the, and where's the line there? It's a, it's a task on the body. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, exactly. I think the problem tends to come, and I'll often say that I think volume snaps people 
a lot more than, than the intensity will do. Um, I'll I, I honestly say, and maybe I'm going to be unpopular by, by saying this, I'll honestly say it, that the, the perfect technique is, is, isn't possible anyway. You know, and so because it looks visually bad, uh, it's not necessarily as bad as the guy who's just a couple of degrees off of rotation. And then as a sort of as a train guy, um, and that is one just I think one thing we touched on there from, from looking at it from the psychological point of view. Why CrossFit is so successful is it brings the element of competition and it brings the the sport for people. It, it it's 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 going to the gym for fun rather than it combines what you and I love about going over the park and kicking a football with each other whilst we're getting fit. Yeah. You know, and, and psychologically you can you can point to different successes of CrossFit, but that is CrossFit's biggest power and biggest event. I mean I've got professional cyclists. We had our first ever Manchester Sports Institute games last weekend with professional cyclists and triathletes. Because in the winter we just love being in there. And throwing down and having some fun and, and doing it, we're not particularly good at it. Um, but when we get on a bike, we're very good, you know. Um, but just that 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 we do strength training every week. We've done strength training every week for ten years, and for the first time, we've decided to strength train every week with an element of competition in it. And this is the winter where I've got the most out, of my guys, you know. And it's purely the psychological element of who could do that fastest. <laughs> You know, um, or, or it doesn't necessarily how who can do the, the most of them, or don't do so much, but who can lift the most? Um, they all know I can. Um, but, <laughs> but 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 you know what I mean? It's just it's just added that element of competition into strength training or going to the gym, which is which is its absolute power. Um, yeah. So we know it's. I can see that it's successful in terms of it. it. It motivates people to be there, and it motivates people to, to train and exercise. And I can certainly see the difference between separating it between a sport and a somebody that turns up two or three times a week. But I've recently been approached by a couple of CrossFit gyms, and what they found is we've touched on this before on the other podcasts. They have ten or fifteen pay, people that come with a shoulder injury within a period of three months. And then three months later, they've got knee injuries coming up. And it's just looking at how we can, and they've asked for help in terms of how we can look at their programming. Are there key things that you look at with programming to try and reduce that down? Are there some ideas or hints? I mean, most CrossFitting coaches, they're all excellent at doing this, but... Are there things that you would look at in a program to sort of say, actually, have a look at this or check this? Or I think are we still talking about GPP, like sorry, like the your general gym? Yeah, 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 just yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's looking at the the variability. So, have they got the variability? Because, like Phil said earlier, that what kills people is more like more likely to kill people is volume over intensity so if there is a high volume of shoulder work that has been executed daily so each day there's been some form of shoulder work albeit they think they've been varied but actually they've still dominated the upper body they've nailed the shoulders for three days on the bounce then they've got to look at their own 
looking at the programs that way for, for patterns there. It's, it's trying to keep switching, switching, uh, switching the movements, varying the variance of movements throughout throughout the week for people. But because um, yeah, training for volume within CrossFit, like the competitive guys are under a bit more volume, um, a lot more volume. Um, they you have to have the mechanics to withstand that. Um, yeah. So just encouraging good mechanics, working, spending as much of your session like like. CrossFit's uh, philosophy is mechanics, consistency, intensity. Having that dedicated time to improve mechanics each session, then having the variability of intensity. So just making sure that where you are testing them in that ward scenario is is variable, and you're not yeah. Oh, today we did pull-ups. Tomorrow we do handstand push-ups and more pull-ups, stroke muscle-ups the day after. Um, so it's, yeah, three Which days. I think they're really good at, aren't they? But yeah, but there will we be can some. fall into traps, can't yeah. we? All of us can. Yeah, I think when um, when you first introduced me to to CrossFit, I think it was 2011, 2012 was over. First time here, we did the seminar series there. Uh, I walked into walked into the, the the first box I've ever been into, and and plastered all over the walls was the sort of rule sets if you like and these sort of uh, what is crossfit and and i've for many years had an issue with the term functional training you know, functional training doesn't actually exist there is no such thing as functional training but but still trying to have some kind of terminology of functional training and you looked across all and you read them and, and i remember walking around thinking i could not have described that better than they do you know the variants the 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 do different things, energy systems, flexibility, strength, balance, power, uh, cardiovascular, and the way they sort of, the, the, the way they descriptively sort of encompassed fitness and described fitness on these posters, the very short to the point posters were, were fantastic and sort of coupled it a little bit with some good humor and some leave your ego at the door and all those sort of nice things there. And then I went and did the class with you for the first time. And the class was we had to run and we had to do some thrusters and we had to do some box jumps and then we had to do some lunges. And I was like, this, this is really what I've got. I've got a heavy weight in there. I've got to do some running. I've got to do this. And I, I just had the great time. What happened for me then was I started to go out and see into other boxes. And all I started seeing was people lifting heavy. And I started seeing squats and then a back squat and an overhead squat. And then because we've only squatted three times, we'll just do one more form of squat and then we'll do a power clean and go home. You know, and gradually for me, I started to see the difference between the good programmers and the not so good programming. And when I and I often go back to that description and think, worked in the industry for 20 years trying to define fitness, and CrossFit have done that brilliantly. Um, and when they are adhering to that. When, when programming is main start programming does yeah. it, you know, when 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 they're adhering to that and they are actually going through that, there's a little bit all of those fitness elements, you know, um, why not meet and run 5K? Yeah. And they do, you know, that today's session is a 5K run rather than we meet and we squat or we just yeah. kind of big guys lifting heavy. When it is that, it's at its best. I think just sometimes coaches can lose yeah. that and get caught in a rut of strength training, lifting heavy, and then we lose the elements. And then you'll see that the, 
Chelsea, as you discussed, the volume base of a gym, as you said, the, 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 the injuries of shoulders, and you get caught up into, you know, when you first went to school and you learned about a foot, all we saw was foot injuries. Yeah. And then, you know, and then you looked at the hip, and all you, hit, and you get sort of caught in that, in that rut there. Yeah, I think that's that, that kind of bias on the strength training side of things came from the, came from the sport because they saw the, the top athletes being the strongest. They're like, oh, so I'm missing strength. That's the reason that I'm not there. So I need to do more strength training or I want a strong gym and, and everything like that. Whereas what, what we actually do is we actually look at the numbers and the data and see, well, actually, we've got an awful lot of strong guys. Like, there's plenty of people that can lift similar weights to the top guys, but then I can take that exact same person and see where they finished in the CrossFit Open and go, well, actually, you don't have the capacity. And yeah. that, that's where they've biased their training towards strength, thinking strength's the thing holding them back, but it's not. It's, yeah. It is the aerobic capacity. It is the ability to do gymnastics, skills, flexibility. Yeah. Like, it is all of it, which is why it's important to, yeah. Which is, as I understood from that, most of the essence of what CrossFit is. What it is, yeah. 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 And that's where the, the, the sport did... For some gyms became became about that when yeah they oh well CrossFit doesn't really run at regionals because well it doesn't have the capacity to based on the venues so nobody really did running workouts anymore because but again that's and blending then, the sport yeah. and the recreation exactly, yeah. uh, and that sh- the two should not be blended blended there you know the guys who want to go and and live from this and have a, have a life from this they should be entitled to have their program but the, the 99% of CrossFitters don't go to regionals, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, and it, yeah, so it should be based around that, that generic form of what fitness is. Red Pill Training are pleased to announce three extra dates of the Your Body, Your Athlete seminar, where James Jowsey and Phil Mansford will guide you through the unique assessment, biomechanical assessment procedure designed by themselves, used with their elite athletes. The 14th and 15th of April will be in the CrossFit Cardiff, 23rd and 24th of June will be Whatever It Takes Fitness London, the 27th and 28th of October will be CrossFit Nuremberg, Germany. For more information, see redpilltraining.com and we look forward to seeing you there. And do you think those, the, the 99% that don't go on to do regionals, do you think that they should be encouraged to do perhaps more goal focus or something like test weeks or um, competitions or something in-house so that they've got something to work towards? Or do you think training for training's sake is enough to... Well, to, that's where the girls come in. Yeah. So, yeah, benchmark wads. And when do you... Your, think- your girl wads, like, yeah. watch fan time. Uh, Kelly. Kelly, oh, like, all, all those... All of that, all those ones, that's what the tests are. It's yeah. like, okay, how is your fitness progressing on yeah. this curve at certain points of the year? Yeah. I said they are just, and it, it, there is no specific time of year because it's yeah. just recreation. It's just like, well, is your fitness all moving up? In one direction. In yeah. one direction on, the, on that, year, yeah, on the, along that time scale. And that, that's, what the, that's what they're there for, it is for that. And that's the markers. Um, yeah. I mean, psychologically, if you're looking at um, retention and, and people training and, and ultimately basing CrossFit on results uh, and the money that your box will generate will be based on your members' results. Uh, and then if they keep coming back, or if they don't keep coming back, and yeah. two key, one of the two key psychological factors in success for people is that there's some kind of competition in it and there's some kind of measurable 
marker to, to work towards. Um, and I think it's going to be very difficult to have all of the different um, tests or have, but, but you could have this, you know, where I work, we, we use Kelly. You know, because we're pretty much we we we're endurance we're endurance based, and then Kelly is a wonderful way of testing endurance athletes. Um, it's a it's a great workout. It wouldn't be a case if I had predominantly powerlifters or Olympic lifters in mind, but it's predominantly endurance athletes. So so we go very very much on Kelly as our base. We'll do Kelly once every um, once every um, you know every few weeks to to exactly do that. We just um, Kelly Jousey. Running, 400 meters, yeah. box jumps, 30 of them, 30 wall balls, 30 wall balls. five mm-hmm. times. Usually makes us do it five times and repeat it three times with a little break in between. I remember that vividly yep. from a training program that I used to do. And no longer do it, thankfully. So. Oh, three times Kelly. Yeah, uh, disgusting. Yeah, but you're one of the few that have done three times Kelly. Yeah. yeah, I don't choose to do it again. But it's, a way, it's, a, it's, a, it's quite a nice way to spend Sunday afternoon. The majority of Sunday afternoon, the way I do it, so. of a sport. Yeah, away from that GPP a little bit. Can I ask a more specific question? Um, so, one of the injury, oh, injuries is the wrong word, one of the themes that I come across, and one of the questions I get asked a lot is about kipping and pull-ups with kipping. Yeah. So, Jazzy, can I ask you about sort of the movements with kipping and do you have any, what are your thoughts about requirements for people doing kipping pull-ups and things before? Do you have any requirements? Do you think it's worth people being able to do strict um, pull-ups before? The reason I ask is that I get a lot of people that come in through with shoulder problems that they attribute to doing kipping pull-ups. Right or wrongly? Um, yeah. Uh, for me, I uh, need the ability to hang first for a considerable, like, you've got to be able to hang for a minute. Yeah. Like, standing, like, no fatigue, just a minute is a comfortable thing because obviously the grip needs to be strong enough to tolerate our own body, let alone our own body plus mass and acceleration because mm-hmm. every time you drop down from the top of there, your grip is going to be challenged by your body weight falling through gravity. So grip is is one is one kind of foundation of that. Second foundation is can you pull yourself up strict as well? Um, I know that um, because that then shows well you've also got the strength to cope with your own body weight. Um, so therefore again when our body weight is the is um, well can need to do some science on the actual how much the weight increases but obviously the, the mass and acceleration and gravity coming down from the kip again if we can't physically pull up without that mass and acceleration then we are more likely to to get injured uh, it's not necessarily that we will get injured because i know there's plenty of people that have had no pull-ups done kipping pull-ups and from keeping pull-ups, they developed the ability yeah, to absolutely. do a pull-up yeah, because actually, because of how that that mass and acceleration creates more neurological adaptation through the shoulder and creates more stability, so it creates the power to be able to develop, actually develop some strength by being a harder exercise. 
has happened, but in that case, it then just again just comes down to the programming. So it's not necessarily a bad, it's not a bad thing to do because there's plenty of people that have got strict pull-ups from kipping pull-ups. Yeah. It's just then, well, how many kipping pull-ups are they doing? Are they are they coming in and trying to do kipping pull-ups every single day because they want to get the skill? It's probably as much that that they're so desperate to get them that they're going in off their own back and trying to develop that skill and mm. that's where they get injured rather than going, no, it's okay to just try and develop this skill one to two times a week, yeah. which is what programming does. And that's, it's the people that are like, no, I've got to get this, I've got to get it. It's like, you don't have to get it in one week. Yeah. Like fitness is gained over sessions, week, day on day, week on week, month on month, year on year. Like it doesn't have to happen tomorrow, and that's the psychological. That's just as humans. The patience of it, isn't it? Yeah. It's the patience of it. But then, once you've got that, it's then going. If you do go kipping first, being aware of that, and then going, well, okay, I've got my kipping now, but I still need to develop my grip, and I still need to develop my strict. Like, yeah, because we can see gains from from both ways, like we see with squatting, just yeah. going on a side note. People go, well, you've not got the air squat, so you can't put weight on your back. But then we've seen through our years of experience, you put weight on that person, actually their squat improves. So it doesn't mean they look better squatting with weight on. But what we've got to do is develop what can you squat without weight. And yes, you can still keep adding weight, but can we go both ways along the spectrum? Yeah. That's... Certainly, yeah. yeah. Good. Excellent. Um... Perfect. I think that answers our questions. I don't know if there's anything else that you'd add. Phil, in terms of the running world, is there anything that you find from a program point of view, um, injuries that you come across if people, sort of new runners, new athletes that you see coming across and getting common injuries and common mistakes that they make? Um, I mean, I think this has been quite a Across fit based podcast, which is, but it, the application of it is across all sports. I think. I think that the general thing that the, a lot of injuries are program based. Um, just listening to Jazz and all there reminds me of the old, the old argument or the old discussion we used to have is is a is a single leg squat, a progression or a regression of a two legged squat, and the answer would always be on that depends on what you're trying to. What you're trying to do, you know, yeah. you can progress a, a two-legged squat to a one-leg squat, and you can also use a one-leg squat to enhance your two-legged squat. And, and anyone arguing for one or the other probably misses misses the point in it that 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 the, there's the keeping or the strict argument is that one will influence the other. It's it's about balance, motivation, what you want to get out of the program, and how you want to develop people. So I think I think it covers it perfectly. Great. Exchange. <laughs> oh. oh, I actually didn't do it with a run. You didn't? You really do, Brandon? I think it's, it's incredible. Oh, Five to twelve and no run. No run no for run. Jersey, yeah. There's still plenty of time. There is. There Thanks, is. Guys. Don't you think? Thanks. It? Thanks. Thanks.